They watched. They waited. Now their time has come. Out of the depths of space, the ultimate terror. Moving, searching, destroying. From body to body, from life to life, from man to woman, changing, growing, burning for our life force. of Poltergeist, from the special effects creator of Star Trek, the motion picture, Life Force. In the blink of an eye, the terror begins. there was more candy deadly daphne's revenge yeah oh this is good reading camp dracula's great love oh yeah that vinegar syndrome catalog mm. yeah i would have i would have spent all the money i made absolutely demon wind jana elfman yeah Laurie Petty was there too, but the the heavy hitters were um, Shannon Doherty. Well, talk about it? Yeah, Shannon Doherty. <laughs> uh, Wednesday Adams. Should we talk about it when we're yeah, on? Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll Alicia Witt. Yeah. Ronnie Blakely. You know the mom from Elm Street. Oh, okay. Gets pulled through the window at the end. Spoilers for Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's on. on. I mean, it is on, but, you know, this will be that that um, mumbling banter fade-in part. Yeah, yeah. The paper shuffling. Yeah, that kind of thing. To show that we're professionals. Yeah, professional what? Thomas Paine. <laughs> you said it. And we had Bruce Campbell and, uh, oh, man, uh, Kiefer Sutherland... Lou Diamond Phillips. Lou Diamond Phillips was, was almost a Young Guns reunion. It almost was, <laughs> and then Jason Patrick. So there was a a, a partial Lost Boys reunion, and a partial Young Guns reunion. It was great. Lost Guns, Young Boys. Lost Guns is a good. I I think that's the movie that needs to get made. They're vampire gunslingers. How come we haven't had this yet? Yeah, and they they drive lifts by night. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that fucker too. 
Hey, listeners, welcome back. Yes, we've been gone for an entire week of no show um, because of me, my fault. Probably lost so many well, listeners. I was in uh, Fort Collins. Oh, yeah, Jolien's fault, too. Okay, yeah. let's spread the blame out a little bit. What yeah. were you doing, Will? Waiting for us? I was waiting for a podcast. Just lollygagging. Yeah. yeah. So, welcome back to Chewing the Scenery Horror I Movie Podcast. I sat around last Friday and talked for an hour <laughs> about a horror movie. Was, was anyone listening? Your hand in a paper yeah, bag. Nobody, nobody was recording it. No one will listen to it. But So, it was similar to this. Pretty much exactly like mm. this, minus two people. Oh, okay. We are a podcast that talks about a horror movie, as you may have guessed. And we will spoil the featured attraction. We'll try not to spoil the uh, recently watched, which will be easy for me because I only got to watch one thing. Uh, that Well, I got to watch some TV, but I didn't get to watch any other movies but uh, one. And um, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Uh, they're awesome. We love them. You can buy their music on Amazon or iTunes if you want to buy it digitally. Uh, you can get old-timey CDs, too, if you really want to, and say hi to them on Facebook, where they are, the Moon Dash Rays. And having said all that, I was at uh, Horror Hound Indianapolis. Jolien was at uh, the Colorado Springs Comic Con. Uh, Fort Collins. For, uh, why, why do I keep saying Springs? Uh, because it was the, it's it was the same weekend. Same weekend. Yeah. Um, okay, so you were in Fort the Collins. The Foco Coco. <laughs> That's right, the Foco That's Coco. That's I heard it called. So you were north of here, not south of here. Correct. And uh, yes, we're in Denver in case uh, you're a new listener. Uh, and why'd you start here? <laughs> Maybe they really like the movie Life Force. Well, there's two things about that movie they may really like. And we'll get to those later. Um, one of them was the appearance of Patrick Stewart. Oh. <laughs> the other one was vampires. Uh, of course, Space of vampires. course. The bat was pretty cool. The bat was cool. And when all the blood leaked out of Sir Patrick Stewart's head. (laughs) That was cool. That's pretty much the only part of this movie I remembered. Yeah. So it was almost a mind eraser for you, right? Yeah. I haven't seen this in a long time. Yeah. And strangely, well, we'll get into it later, but uh, Mm -hmm. go on. So, um, yes, I was in Indianapolis and I felt kind of to blame for us not doing a show. But yeah, Julian... Uh, Fort Collins, huh? Yeah. Um, Tell us about it. Daniel Crozier was there at, at a table for um, the Colorado Festival of Horror. Um, so uh, looking to get into some projects with them. Have they announced a date for uh, the con? Or is that not the same thing? Uh, uh, I don't have a date yet. Okay. To be announced. Uh, yeah. com. Okay. Well, good. I mean, at least we know it's going to happen. And I went to... Uh, um, the Kofo or- Horror. Or- organizer uh, took us out to a place called Totally 80s Pizza. Yes, they saw the photos. Like, pretty small place, but it's just crammed with all this signed 80s. 1880s, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> or or maybe just the 80s? Yeah. AD, BC? Yeah, that. Uh, CE? ACDC? Yeah. On the menu, there was like egg and gout. Oh, nice. It was, it was great. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, that that um, I, I sat um, not deliberately, but I was beneath a signed photo of uh, Freddy Krueger, you know, Robert, Robert, England. Robert England as Freddy Krueger, saying, mm-hmm. uh, uh, "Care for a slice?" <laughs> uh, it was a pizza place. Did I mention? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was fun to visit. Yeah. Nice. So How was the con overall? 
uh, it's not a money maker if you're uh, the people up there will buy stuff they already know. Uh, merchandise. So a con, a, a yeah, comic book convention, that... comic book convention where people aren't interested in comics and they yeah. they buy Star Wars merchandise and, and yeah, little else. But so, uh, it's fun. That you know, it's a nice nice crowd. So that's pretty much all cons now. I think, unfortunately, mm, yeah. Apparently, there are like ones that are more about comics out on the coasts, but. Uh, but nobody makes money at those either. <laughs> well, yeah, less and less. I was thinking selling weed secretly, you know, like uh, just sort of a, there's got to be a well, weed. Yeah, and there's like a Dink is the independent comics place and they have a cannabis bus. Oh, do they? And uh, like cannabis coach and you can go on tour and get high and uh, see the sights through a cloud of smoke oh good they shouldn't have a room where you can sit around with a big pile of comic books yeah, and a bong i know i remember um or as i call it college exactly when i used to go to the uh, glastonbury festival and they'd put on movies you know in the early hours yeah like a uh, akira and people just be stoned completely mm-hmm. out of it and watching this mind-blowing movie and just <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was fun so people show up to sell comics and sell comic-related artwork and uh, have, yeah. have very little luck. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, all well, the people who had original art there were not doing well. Mm. I think the uh, Artist Alley thing has gotten a bit flooded. Uh, it seems like it to me anyway. Because I, I, a lot well, of times... You spend like uh, so much money just to get in. Right. And then you want to see your celebs from, you know, you played some guy wearing a red shirt on Star Trek ones mm-hmm. and you have to pay umpteen dollars to get a signature from them mm-hmm. and that's very exciting and then and then you get around to wandering around the rest of the show and you have uh, you know you're not going to spend money on stuff you don't know already you know you, you want to move on and uh, you know there's, you don't have much money and time for uh, investigating original things this is true. And, uh, That's why my new book, Remember These Things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've cracked the formula on how to actually make money at these things, and I'm not going to share it on the show because then everyone will do it, and you know, I'll just be in, you know, another, another broke person at, at a con. <laughs> but I figured out a couple ways to do it, and it works for me. And uh, I watch a lot of vendors who aren't making money, and some that are making a lot more than me. And I joke about selling weed, but you know what? If you're going to sell something, mm. hot dogs, you know, cold drinks. Uh, There's a lady oh, yeah. who, at the Comic Con who was at least a couple of years sold tamales secretly. Oh, yeah. And burritos, and they were really good. So she just sneaked yeah. around with like a... She had a cooler. A cooler like a cooler. Yeah. Fuck yeah. But she sold those. She went around and sold those. I'm sure she did pretty well. Tamales. Probably better than we did. Tamales speakeasy. Yeah. <laughs> the Molly Speakeasy. Tonight of the Lions. I saw Lair. them open at Lions there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, what you said is absolutely true, Jolien, because um, I noticed this starting at the Walker Stalker cons. Uh, people are fleeced for about forty bucks to get in the door, and and cons didn't used to cost that much. But that's the, the Walker Texas Ranger con, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> that would probably do better than the Walking Dead, the way they're going. Uh, but then if they want to meet and get an autograph from Norman Reedus, it's 80 bucks. So you're out 120 bucks before you even hit the vendor's area. Yeah. And that's a problem for vendors. 
Um, I make half of what I should make at a Walker Stalker compared to a proper Comic-Con. And uh, I'm, I'm starting to um, perfect my formula on how to separate people from their money. And uh, I won't be selling tamales or weed, but uh, so far, but I won't count that out as, you know, future endeavor possibilities. Um, flying into Indianapolis, it's not a terribly long flight. And uh, I get there and um, it's afternoon. We get to do an evening load in. Everybody is an asshole <laughs> when it comes to bringing their freight to uh, near a ramp or an elevator or what have you to get it in to the venue, which turns out to be a uh, JW Marriott third floor ballroom kind of area, like convention room area. Luckily they had freight elevators, but everybody seems to think as long as they got their vehicle in and parked it, uh. it's okay. Just leave it there. And uh, then you're waiting for people who aren't going to be moving because they're setting up. So they unload and they start setting up. They don't mm-hmm. unload and then repark yeah. and no one's directing traffic. So that was the first problem. And I'm thinking, all right, this is going to be bad. And we get up there and it just seems kind of rinky dink compared to doing proper convention halls. Um, but once it was set up, the only problem was that, uh, aisles were a little narrow. It was so well attended and uh, oh, that's re- good. really good guest list. Um, I did well enough. I could have done better, but then, you know, there were, uh, the, the top shelf celebs who were getting a lot of photo ops and a lot of autograph traffic. So, uh, like Jenna Elfman, Jenna Elfman and uh, Lori Petty and, uh, the woman who played Wednesday Adams. <laughs> there were a bunch of people there. Uh, I met Tom Savini very briefly. Oh, and, uh, for our friends at werewolf ambulance, I will say, uh, I, I did make sure Tom Savini knows about Savini watch, <laughs> that it is a thing and that Katie stalks him at the pool, watching him tan his glorious, magnificent thighs. And, uh, I asked him if, did I tell you guys about uh, bub being in that Geico commercial? Mm, no. The guy who played Bub. Oh, yeah, yeah. Howard Sherman or Sherman it's Howard. bid now. Yeah. Uh, he's in the river fishing, talking to the gecko. And and I, so I pulled it up on my phone because I took a couple still shots of the TV. And I said, hey, Tom, is this, is this Howard? And uh, he goes, oh, yeah, that's him. I guess the money was pretty good for that. <laughs> and so confirmed, Bub is the guy in uh, the Geico commercial. Mm. Uh, so I met Tom very briefly. didn't want to waste his time cause I wasn't dropping money in his table, but, uh, met Nick Castle very briefly also on load in, uh, Sean Clark, who does his, um, his appearance, uh, managing was walking him through and I thought, Oh, he's walking along talking to some guy. And I went, Oh, that some guy is the shape. <laughs> Holy shit. Do you recognize him by his walk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he must work out. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And then, um, other celebrity spottings were, uh, I helped Ronnie Blakely, who was the mom in Elm Street, uh, hang her banner up because it was falling down. So uh, another guy who was tall enough, we we helped her. And uh, then the kids from It showed up at the Funko Pop booth where I was helping out. And they recorded a little uh, intro for us, which we'll either play at the top of the show or a later show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were great. And uh, they called up Ziggy, who was on our show. Oh, nice. I gave him the phone. We tried to FaceTime, and there was a crappy connection. Oh. But she was super stoked, because she loves them so much. So that was cool. And I got their Funko Pops autographed for her. (laughs) 
So. You know. Yeah. So Lovely. that was, that was all the celeb sightings, and uh, other than that, I didn't get to go to any panels and or no anything. No candy. Um. No, no. No old-fashioned candy. No whorehound. Oh, but Mask Fest is part of Horror Hound. I thought it was going to be in like a separate room. No, but just like the first three or four aisles, and then it's the other vendors, and on the on the in between. And that's there's some the autographs. Jim Carrey film from '94 or whatever. <laughs> Mask Fest, yes. Mask Fest. We're celebrating old timey candy and masks, and and the mask, and the mask, and the son of the mask with Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> right. So that's all the excitement uh, I really want to go into. Other than um, uh, I was neighbors with uh, Kitsy, who is uh, sort of the the lead person of Oddity Files, which is a ghost hunting type show on Amazon. So uh, you can watch that on Prime. I watched a couple episodes. It's a lot of fun. So recently watched, um, I watched that and that 48 minute long Lego, the building of the Lego house movie. <laughs> yes. That's all I got. So if you guys want to. Building of the Lego house movie. Yeah. There's a documentary about that Lego house. What Lego house? They're making a, a, a house that looks like it's made of Legos, but it's in uh, Sweden. Huh. I guess. It's news yeah. to me. Yeah. You, you can't walk in it barefoot. Ah, no. <laughs> well, if you have a gigantic foot, you shouldn't step on the house. Um, yeah, so that's all I watched. So if you want to kick it off, Julian or Will, go ahead. Uh, Julian. All right, I watched uh, Ready Player One. Ah, how was it? Uh, Steven Spielberg film from this year. Um, this was like, uh, if you gave Joe Dante a huge budget and then you took out the foreground characters and the heart <laughs> if you cut the heart out uh so you get all the cameos by robbie the robot and yeah. a whole bunch of 80s okay. and 50s stuff and and going back to king kong and it's all really well done animated yeah uh so uh, yeah and it's exactly I was, I was hoping it'd be more than what the trailers promised which was like remember tra- these things you know nerd train spotting you just yeah. sit there oh yeah i've seen that seen that you know so you know at the start in rapid succession you get like freddy krueger jason Voorhees, uh chucky turns up at one point well all right references to the shining i've heard oh yeah they they go through the the doors of this uh, they go into a cinema in within the the world yeah the uh, virtual world and then they go through the doors into the theater, but the doors open up as if you're uh, looking down into the foyer of the Overlook. Oh, okay. And it's just immaciately reproduced. Wow. And then you get, yeah, you get the twins, you get the woman in the bath, hmm. uh, the the blood in the uh, the lift, the weird dude in the bear costume. <laughs> they don't go with that. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, um, so. Yeah, this is another movie I I decided to get this mining done while I was. So <laughs> it's a strong recommend. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, it's Gundam versus Mechagodzilla. Gundam is doing pretty well this year for having no other live action movies. Yeah, he was in um, uh, he was in the Pacific Rim sequel as well. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he fights Mechagodzilla towards the end of Ready Player One. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, saw a excellent uh, comedy from the thirties, The Awful Truth. Okay. Nineteen thirty-seven, Liam McCary, Cary Grant, Irene Dunn, Ralph Bellamy, Mister Smith, the dog. 
Mr. Smith the Wait, dog. Irene Dunn, you mean Granny from uh, Beverly Hillbillies? Could be. Yeah. Yeah, she's 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 really funny. Is that Irene I, Dunn? Wasn't it? What year was this movie? 1937. Yeah, could have been when she was young and beautiful I, before she turned into Granny. I'm I'm not familiar with Beverly Hillbillies. No? No, I never had it. Wow. Hmm. You've had they don't of... have hillbillies in England? Well, they do. They <laughs> well, just they have do, some but dignified not... name for them. We barely have hills. Yes. <laughs> we barely have hills. Either Downs dudes or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, it's just an excellent. And, you know, it's about super rich people. Uh, so, yeah, the next film we saw after that was also about super rich people called Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, okay. So, Did you go uh, see that the sea? Uh, we went out to uh, the Alamo draft oh, house uh, yeah. with a couple of a dozen of our Asian friends, and uh, it, it was a party. Nice. <laughs> just people were just like cheering and crying, and uh, yeah, it, it was really fun. This was the drum group that you were with. Yeah, lots of them had been in the the uh, taiko drum groups. Yeah, but there was just like all sorts of people there. Um, yeah, we know quite a few of the Asian American community, of course, in, in this town. Uh, yeah, and there's a yeah, it's, it's a real crowd pleaser, you know. Yeah, very colourful, amazing architecture and so on. Uh, I had to ask uh, they had to explain the mahjong scene after me after, oh. afterwards. Um, but uh, yeah, you you get the gist of it. When you're yeah. watching the movie, but uh, I wanted to do all the details. There's lots of storytelling involved in the symbolism of the tiles, oh, okay. which uh, I had no idea about. But, uh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, watched uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead season three. How was it? The final one. Yeah. Because you know what happened to that series. Well, yeah, it got killed by uh, budget, basically. They didn't want to put any money in it. Uh, I, I, what I heard was that uh, it got killed by, because it was, it was the, one of the most pirated Oh. shows so there were fans quote unquote who were but so many of them were just downloading it pirating it I don't know about that the, Game of Thrones is more pirated yeah it makes money hand over fist oh, okay I mean I'm not saying that they weren't losing money but that excuse rang false when I read it it okay. sounded like more like what Richard said was Whoever was producing that was like, yeah, we don't want to put this much money into it. Well, maybe they're just not merchandising the way they should. Yeah. I mean, they they don't have a whole lot out there. I know they got the hand puppets, the ashy slashy puppet, uh, and like a living dead doll. Right. And maybe some McFarlane type characters, some figures. Yeah, there's an opportunity. Like at one point, this cell phone gets turned into a dead eye. A phone case shaped like that? Yeah. I mean, I I see um, the Book of the Dead phone cases all the time right. at these cons. And a lot of those are not official merchandise. So put some official merchandise out, you idiots. But, uh, Do you yeah, not have licenses? It, it, it's, a good, uh, it's a good spectacular end. Oh, okay. It's a good series. Because yeah. Bruce says he's done after this. Right. Like he's not going back. Yeah. Unless they back up a dump truck full of money to his house. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, he gets this, uh, he finds a daughter in this season. Oh, a long lost child. Yeah, nice. Uh, a cousin Oliver of sorts. <laughs> right. So, while I, I, I stayed over at the uh, um, 
house of somebody uh, when I was up at Fort Collins. Uh-huh. And they had this huge TV and they wanted to show me their uh, video games. So we played like Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee. I've not played video games in, since I was about 14. Yeah. So I was just like frantically pressing buttons and <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. That's none, of, you do. none of them were doing the right things, were they? So yeah, I just, uh, you know, just, uh, after I gave up on that. And, uh, but anyway, um, uh, he had the Friday the 13th game. Oh yeah. You mentioned this. Yeah. So he was like showing me and running through all these things and showing what you could do and, uh, you know, all the kills you could do and the various, um, they give you various scenarios. Are you Jason in this one or something? Yeah, he was playing. He was playing Jason. You can do it as a multiplayer where you take on the part of all the counselors. Oh, okay. And you can gang up on the Jason. But he was he was just playing Jason, and you can play any Jason. Oh, okay. Uh, I think they were about to introduce the uh, boy Jason when uh, you know all the uh, legal disputes shut down the whole franchise. But uh, oh. Um, and I'm not sure if you can play Pamela, but uh, anyway, uh, they have all the, you know, the final girls and all the Jasons, and wow. there's, there's also Tom Savini designed a uh, Hell Jason. Oh, that's right. I saw pictures of that. Yeah, it looks really cool. Uh, but yeah, you have all these various scenarios like it, and you can you can there's like uh, situations from each film mm-hmm. that you can you can uh, pl- try and play, and it gives you like time limits and. Uh, and the the, the uh, counselors are better armed than they are in the mo- movies. That you know they tend to carry knives and things that they can. Oh, good. They can uh, fight you off with temporarily, <clears throat> uh, and you get like uh, if you're playing Jason, you get extra points for creative creativity. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it, yeah, it, get, it gets really bloodthirsty. <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, yeah, it was fun watching him, him do that. Oh, was it? I'm sorry. Did you say it was Xbox or PlayStation? That he had it on Xbox. Okay. Yeah, I, I tried to count how many different control things were on uh, PlayStation. I feel like there's two different triggers for your right and your left. Mm-hmm. And then you got toggles, and then you got four buttons. Mm-hmm. So you got two toggles and four buttons, and some other buttons. Yeah, and there's some buttons around the front you can. Do stuff yeah, that's a lot. Just, yeah, I, I just want left, right, and fire. Right, just one big button. Well, that's <laughs> we just mash that. And sometimes things happen. Sometimes they don't. Well, I think the president has one of those. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, all right, uh, Center for Mystery, which is a this is a real mist uh, rarity. Uh, TCM had a they they had like a uh, through summer they have like a, each day they have a different movie star and they. Mm. They played lots of movies, but with that star in it all day. Uh, so they had a Peter Laurie Day. Uh, so Center Mystery I'd never seen before. This is from 1960. Uh, this was a Cinerama film. Okay. Uh, so uh, they showed it in this it's this kind of simulated Cinerama where it's like a, this curved uh, kind of they call it smiley vision. Oh yeah. Format. Um, so you have to imagine how huge this thing was in a theatre. Um, so uh, not only was this filmed in Cinerama, it was filmed for a Centovision. Centovision. So they had the, they only did it to a few theatres on the coast, I think, but they piped scents oh, under okay. the chairs oh. at various points. Smell-o-vision. Yeah, like uh, uh, John Waters had <clears throat> Odorama. I think yeah. that was with polyester. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, um, 
<laughs> so at various points in the film, the, the camera will glide slowly over a bunch of roses or people eating or... Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> you meant to imagine the, the smell. So this like a didn't do well at all. It's not a very good film. It's, it's kind of like a sub-Hitchcock thriller with running around in Spain. Just incredible locations, beautiful. Yeah. Um, but you, the lead is played by Denholm Elliott. I think they tried to get... Uh, they went through a list of other people they wanted to get. David Niven and so yeah. on. Denholm Elliott, I'm, I'm bless him. He's, he's a good character actor, excellent actor, but not a leading man, <laughs> uh, not a thriller hero. Couldn't do that kind of heavy lifting. Huh? Uh, Peter Laurie plays this cabbie, and apparently he was really ill at the time, so he's he's kind of subdued, which is no fun. Uh, Diana Dawes turns up as this blonde on the beach. Uh, Leo McKern's in it. Uh, yeah, so there's lots of nice stuff to look at, but it's pretty dull. And uh, so that w- what happened with this film was like hardly went, anyone went to see it, so they cut it down 20 minutes, and then they re-released it a couple of years later as Holiday in in Spain, and it still didn't do well. Oh, so then, thought it was going to be a hit. Yeah. Uh, so then it just got um, it just got shelved. It's, you know, uh, it's been restored recently because you know there's there's been lots of restoration of uh, Cinerama films. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, curiosity. And then they also had uh, Island of Doomed Men from 1940, directed by Charles Barton, which is much more fun. So this is Peter Laurie in full flight, uh, Charles Middleton who played Ming the Merciless. Okay. But this is like based on an actual case where there was an island where they 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 would get. Uh, Prisoners who are up for parole, and then uh, this character played by Peter Laurie would say, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll take them to my island, and it, it's great, and they'll they'll learn to be better people, and yeah. uh, you know, fit members of society, and you know, it'd be like paradise." And then he gets into his island, and he has them breaking rocks and digging diamonds for him. And uh, 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 it's shot in partly in Bronson Canyon. And partly on sets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So all the all the rock breaking is in Bronson Canyon, and then uh, the sets uh, and the costumes. I thought, well, that looks familiar. Uh, it's, I think it's the sets and some of the dresses from uh, I Walk with a Zombie. Oh, okay. Which came out a couple of years later, didn't it? Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I was, that was much more fun. My favourite line is, uh, uh, "Keep that monkey away from me." <laughs> uh, and I watched uh, Smithereens, which came out from Criterion recently. Uh, this is one of those like scuzzy New York street films. Nice from the eighties. Yeah, eighty two. Nice. Ooh. Susan Seidelman. She she went on to desperately seeking Susan a few years later. Uh, you got Susan Berman as Ren. Richard Hell plays Eric. Oh, nice. He's this punk band leader. Yeah. Uh, there's a horror movie clip with. Uh, Ed French, he's he's in it, and he's also make makes this kind of creature in it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just like bumming around wreckage of you know New the, York. Yeah. Oh man, sounds great. Uh, don't yeah. don't forget to watch Ms. Forty Five. Will. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, student bodies from nineteen eighty one. How is that one? Mickey Rose. Have you seen this one? Student bodies. So this is nineteen eighty one. So this is right. You know. Yeah. Right after, you know, as the slashes have peaked and coming down. And uh, so this is right there. But, uh, you know, kudos for timing, but it's not funny. Mm. Uh, you know, there's, there's enough gags in it that some of them land. But 
I didn't I didn't think it was that, that funny. But uh, anyway, uh, so the antithesis, uh, 2017, another film where I hoped, oh, maybe there's a good Italian horror movie. Mm. <laughs> Not so much, huh? Yeah, so this is uh, Francesco Maribelli. Uh, not to be confused with antithesis from the same year. Um, so if you have a geologist named Sophie stays at this, the Villa Escog, which is designed by Damiano Salieri. Huh. Mm. Mm. And the, uh, the caretaker is named Dario Russo. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> this villa has strange extremes of temperature. And, uh, so about halfway through this movie, this geologist has experienced a cold uh, mist. Uh, there's a cat hiding behind a flower pot. Oh, oh. And she's ordered soy lasagna. And it picks up from there. Oh, okay. Oh, um, wow. all right. So uh, yeah, you, uh, you get there's a doll with black bleeding eyes like people have lying around in houses. They always well, sure. do. I've got several. Uh <laughs> Uh, and you start to get more of cut use of color gels and murder visions in the second half, but this is like shot in digital, and there's this like fake like kind of matte frame which cuts off some of the subtitles. Look, mm. Looks like looks pretty bad. Um, music, uh, Claudio Simonetti. Hmm. So another Argento. Yeah. When was yeah. this from? Uh, Twenty seventeen. Really? Um, yeah, didn't think much of that one. Uh, I think that was it. All right. Well, how, about, how about you, Will? I watched one called Diabolical. Diabolical. Um, Netflix picked it at random. A movie with no real story changes from a ghost story to time travel bullshit. Oh, <laughs> no. through. Too, too bad there's not a bunch of good time travel stuff out there already. No, yeah. Um, you're left wondering what? Yeah. When it's over. <laughs> um, and then we watched one called uh, They're Watching, which was a terrible witch movie. Um, it was so bad, I couldn't remember what it was about. I had to go look it back up to see. <laughs> I could remember the title, and I was like, what was that? We just watched it like three days ago. I have no clue. Um, we watched Wish Upon, which I have to recommend if you want a dumb horror movie that, I don't know, it was a it just uh, an enjoyable trifle. Okay. You know, it's just, it's Wishmaster again, basically. Yeah. Girl finds magic wishing box, as one does. Mm -hmm. uh, who hasn't found a magic wishing box? That's where I sit my bleeding eye doll on. Yeah. yeah. Of course. They go so well together. But she finds a wishing box, and uh, it has some uh, consequences. You may, you may be careful what you wish for. Oh. Be advised. Be Mon careful what oh, you I wish for. I saw this. She's like, she's like a. She's at high school. I thought you had mentioned yeah. this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it doesn't really pull it off. Yeah, it, it's it was entertaining. I enjoyed it. It was goofy enough. It was light enough. Mm. Um, the story held together enough. I mean, it didn't do anything that you hadn't seen before. But monkey's paw. Yeah, it was monkey's paw. 
it was uh, it was entertaining enough. I thought you had mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we watched uh, in the company of wolves. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna watch that. It's on my list. How was it? How was it? Uh, I... All I remembered from that movie was if you had eyebrows that met in the middle, you were a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, right. All I walked away from this movie, having rewatched it, is if your eyebrows meet in the middle, you're a werewolf. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. There's a beautiful Um, symmetry to that. Gene really liked it. And I could see how someone could like it. I don't remember ever liking this film. And he had that weird cover art where the where the wolf snout's coming out of the coming dude's mouth. The mouth. That's the best yeah, part they, in the they film. They do like one of the traditional methods of transformation is mm-hmm. to turn inside out. And they yeah, that. he pulls his whole face off, and yeah. then his wolfy mouth comes out. Yeah. Well, Wolf Cop did that. Yeah, I remember liking it, but it's hard to see now. I can't. Where, where it's on it? Prime. Okay. I think it's on Prime. Yeah, that's where it is. Um, I added it to the watch list. What I didn't care for, like. Is this is not the story, but the framing. So it starts off in the modern day, modern day being nineteen eighty, whatever mm. five, right. whenever it came out. Um, and uh, David Warner and his wife are taking groceries in from the car, and there's a dog that comes in the house, and there's an older teen girl, and she follows the dog upstairs, and then she knocks on her sister's door and wait, she's wait. like are there cigarettes in ramon's t-shirts <laughs> no okay just checking. she knocks on the door and she's like what are you doing in there blah you can't keep moping blah 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 you took my lipstick and you're like okay what what's going on and then it goes into the girl's dream the the younger teen dream and she dreams about angela lansbury and her sister being eaten by wolves and it co- kind of goes into this fairy tale land and occasionally they go back to the modern day, but there is no reason to have that framing device in the movie. All it, all it does is make you go, do they think that we couldn't identify mm. with the fairy tale characters? I don't remember the modern day stuff at all. It's so needless. Yeah, I didn't remember it at all either. I just remember it being kind of disconnected stories, and that's pretty much what it is. They're kind of loosely connected fairy tale yeah, werewolf kind of like, stories. You know, the, the bloody version of Red Riding Hood. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And that part was okay, but it was just the framing device was so annoying. It was like, and then the, you'd have to sit and realize, wait, I'm like four movies deep in this, four stories anyway. I've right. got the modern day. And the girl's dream, and this is a grandma's story within the dream. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see that again. Though. Well, it's on Prime. Catch okay. it while you can. Yeah, I want it to come out properly because it was it a good quality. Yes, it was good quality. Okay, it wasn't like the best. I wouldn't say it was Blu-ray, but it was good quality. Cause yeah, um, I remember watching it on videotape a million years ago. Yeah, I think I saw it theatrically. Yeah, that's how long ago I saw it. And all I could remember after all these years was like the wolf transformation kind of and the whole meeting of the eyebrows in the middle. Right. I'd forgotten Angela Lansbury was even in it. She's so minor. I think it was Christopher Tucker who did the special makeup effects. I think so. He'd, 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 like, he'd work with Paul Verhoeven and what else did he do? I think he did the, the Elephant Man. Mm. Yeah, so... Uh, I'd give it a mess, probably, but... (laughs) (laughs) 
Or watch it and just wonder, why did they put that framing <laughs> device on the story? Why sure. They, what were they thinking? <laughs> Talking about what were they thinking? Yeah. Uh, Life Force. Life Force. No, it was originally known as Space Vampires. Yes. Yes. Space Vampires, Life Force. Space Force. Space <sighs> Force. A lot of things going on in space. You know, vampires. Isis, I hear. Nude women in crystal coffins. Oh, yeah. we can only hope. Yeah, Space Force. Yeah, it's going to handle all that for us. Yeah. Wait, don't we have some? No, I was thinking we already had some that handled stuff in space, but I, I think I'm mistaken. So Space Force, uh, no, I'm sorry, Life Force came out in 85? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Toby uh, Hooper. Yep. So this thing starts... And immediately, it's, it's total, I think I made the note here. Uh, and which version did you watch? Uh, the one that was available on demand. I, it was unedited, I can tell you that. Uh, well, there's a, there's like the director's version, which I see Jolien has. One. Okay. And then there's the, you the have regular version. Ver- book of this. Yeah, there's an American, uh, the American cut is really reduced. Like 100 minutes long. Oh, yeah. And then the other, the one I watched today, which I had never seen, was, I guess, the director's cut, which is 16 minutes longer, 14 minutes yeah, longer. The director's cut is 116 minutes. I, so. believe, I believe that's the one I watched. And yeah. theatrical is 101. Um, my first note about this movie was total boner kill <laughs> to see the Canon and Golan Globus logos pop yeah. up like right oh. away. I was like, oh, yeah. really? This is going to be way worse than I remember. <laughs> But then that's followed by Toby Hooper, Johnny Dykstra, Henry Mancini, yeah. and the London Philharmonic, I believe it was, that right. played the music. Yeah, good school. Yeah, so how did Golan and Globus get their grubby mitts on this one? They just had the money at the time, I guess. Mm-hmm. They had all those sweet Chuck Norris bucks. Yeah, and Charles Bronson was going strong. Sweet Charles Bronson bucks, too. Yeah. yeah, they were doing pretty well at the time. Yeah, so I guess they had the money to grab hold of this and... And apparently not ruin it, because I don't think they really put their fingerprints well, they, they on it. They put more money into it, because it had a quite a smaller budget when they started. and Got up to $25 yeah. Million yeah. in budget. But it ran over, evidently. <laughs> they ran over time and budget, and had to cut a bunch of stuff out. Well, one thing they didn't cut out, the nudity. They needed more of it. I agree. Because I mean, the movie... I have to say, it's been a long time since I've seen this, but it's good until she disappears, and then it slows way down until Patrick Stewart loses his shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a whole chunk in the movie there where you're just kind of like, uh, get back to the naked girl and the, and the life forcing. Right. Because right. you're, you're losing me here with uh, just running around investigating stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, when when they open to the interior of this ship, okay, you see some exterior shots of space and you see interior yeah. shots of the ship. I see this guy who apparently has a really messed up hip. He kind of like has to swing himself around and grab something and move his body around. And I don't know if he was just having to move around someone's chair, but my, my first note I made after that um, was... Wait, they've invented this amazing Minerva engine, but they couldn't fix this guy's hip? I mean, they should have cured everything if they were able to do this light speed travel and stuff they seem to be doing. Um, Did you notice the coffin-shaped hatch right away when they exit the ship? Yes. It's like, that was subtle. Yeah. 
Talk about subtle that when they enter the, the ship, it's this long red tunnel with kind of ribbed sides to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So you are yeah. into the belly of the beast, yo. So uh yeah, we're we're into uh this place with uh it's uh, it's derelict, whatever it is. That was their that was mm. their uh line and it's like, yeah, this thing is hundred and fifty miles long, this ship mm-hmm. or or whatever. And I think it's inside Haley's Comet. Yeah, it's 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 traveling in the tail of the comet, right? Yeah. Wow, that's that's crazy. So they can travel to a comet, identify something in the tail of the comet, and board that thing. Mm-hmm. Can fix a guy's hip. <laughs> was his hip really? I don't even remember that. Maybe he was just having. I think he was m- floating in space. I thought they were all weightless. No, they had the gravity machine on. I think. Oh, okay. Maybe he was just moving around the back of someone's chair. Well, they, didn't... they do mention that the on this the, the propulsion system they've got generates like a gravity field yeah. all the time like a, yeah. false, a false gravity field yeah, yeah. It's just, i think it's constant momentum or something like that yeah so uh it looks like bats giant bats when they get in there so yeah, yeah. what do you guys think of that the first time you saw it or i guess this is practically fairly the, new yeah fairly new to you now huh uh yeah i didn't remember the bats yeah also subtle yeah i liked them yeah i did too um, yeah, they were good special effects. I mean, uh, when I looked at the list, I was not surprised that there was some involvement with the Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. Because so, the, the talking corpse reminded me of the woman in the lab. Do you and, know the story of that? The crossover? Yeah. Uh, um, other than it was um, Dan O'Bannon. No, yeah. I, I don't know much more than so he was involved with Toby both. Hooper is slated to direct Return of the Living Dead. Oh, okay. And uh which was written by uh Dan O'Bannon and um John Rousseau. Yeah, uh Don Jacob uh Jacob P. And uh the um uh, it kept de- getting delayed and so he, he kind of gave up on it and, and he was given the uh Space Vampires book, the Colin Wilson novel. Right. And uh he was really enthusiastic about that and they said do we can Go ahead with that, and uh, and he brought over Dan O'Bannon and Don Jacoby from Return of the Living Dead. Oh, cool! Uh, to work on Life Force. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because if you look at uh, Dan O'Bannon, uh, he did the screenplay and story for Alien, screenplay for uh, Dead and Buried, uh, one of the segments in Heavy Metal, the one called Soft Landing, uh, Blue Thunder, the movie. Of course, they based some of the TV stuff on his characters, and he was involved with Return of the Living Dead, Life Force, Invaders from Mars, Aliens, Total Recall, Screamers, a lot of stuff, like really good stuff. Um, so for him to uh, have sort of brought some of the imagery over, it's not terribly surprising. So if some of it feels like Alien or uh, Return of the Living Dead or any of that stuff, it, it totally makes sense. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, you you've uh, you've stayed with this movie over the years though, Julian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've uh, I tried watching it a couple months ago and nodded off and didn't finish it. <laughs> and then when I went back Damn. to watch it for the show, I had to pay for it. Oh no! Oh. Yeah. I said I had spare copy. I know, but it it got later and later, and it was okay. a busy week. But yeah, yeah, getting across town wasn't an option. Yeah, it just came out on Blu-ray again. 
Um, so Arrow brought it out, and then uh, uh, Shout Factory brought it out again. Is the steel book uh, the, the Shout Factory? Book, yeah. yeah, that looks nice. Uh, which has got both cuts on it, and yeah. it look, looks really good. Yeah, and he's uh, Toby Hooper has kind of worked on getting the color restoration right, so it had the. Uh, oh, nice. It has these, you know, the, you can really appreciate all the kind of acid colors they have, and yeah. Um, yeah, it looks really good. How about the uh, building uh, the European Space Force worked out of? Did it not look like just an office building? It kind of did kinda to me. Kind of with wooden paneling, <laughs> like maybe you'd go to your dentist there and right. get some insurance. Yeah. Right. yeah. But uh, that's probably how it would look. I don't know what the actual British uh, the space agency looked like back then. That's what I wonder, too. When there was like a space like, yeah, organization. Yeah, I figured there must be something but what you know yeah what was um, it like i was going to ask you how much of a space agency did england well, have this movie is like it feels a lot like a hammer movie you know so hammer had done the quatermass films in the 50s mm-hmm. and uh so it has some you know there's a lot of quatermass it has a lot of the, the vampire series uh so yeah I, I i appreciated that feel and if you go back to the original quatermass movies you know they're just movie versions of the TV series I think these are films with very low budget but yeah. they, they work with it and so they're, they're you know they're usually actual locations and yeah so they would have used actual you know, office buildings and things like yeah. that to represent space agencies so. they weren't going to build a no. something you know so it was called the Space Research Center and they spelled center the English way yeah and like uh, in America, you spell theater both ways. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you want to designate that it's 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 snootier, then you then you spell it the English way. When it's re. Yeah. 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 French way. The French yeah. way. Yeah. I guess that would be the French theater. way. Theater. Yes. Centre. Yeah. So when we when we want to add a uh, a snob appeal that you know really only exists in the spelling of something. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe nicer wallpaper. Not much else going on. Would you like some popped corn? <laughs> Why, yes, I would. Corn with an E on the end. <laughs> right. Popped corn. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, we we uh, notice something that happens with the guys right away when they, when they get inside of this uh, ship. Yeah. As immediately they lose their damn minds because not the giant bats and, and the dried up dehydrated mm-hmm. things all around, but the 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 nude people inside of the crystal coffin, specifically the female one. Yeah. 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 And uh, my notes here are like, Commander, this is the Churchill. We're losing our signal. And he says, three bodies. Something's happening to me. Commander, this is Churchill. Do you copy? Go away. Stop cockblocking me. <laughs> doesn't actually say that but without saying it he says that i've been in space for six months yes she looks beautiful to me (laughs) or whatever the line is near perfect or whatever he says um and my note here is i mean damn (laughs) (laughs) and then you see like eight guys hovering around looking at her in the coffin there's like one woman Right. There's two naked guys in coffins and like five guys hovering yeah, around. Yeah, there's like one suits. woman astronaut, I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, She's yeah. totally rolling her eyes the whole time. Right. And my note here is like total sausage fest, though. Yeah. 
So they take all three of them back. I don't know why they bring the dudes with them. There's <laughs> enough dudes already on the ship. Uh, and a bat. <laughs> they're like, just let's bring a token bat with us so we can just say that. They a- brought a big one, too. They were like, we're not yeah. messing around with a little one. Bring one of the big ones so if it comes back, it, it'll it be harder it to kill. about breaking it. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, they broke like a wing off or they something, didn't they? Broke, broke its broke finger, finger off. Glued yeah. that back on. Yeah. So the uh, the uh, woman's played by Matilda May. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she's a French actress who'd been in uh, Nemo, a.k.a. Dream 1, mm-hmm. uh, in I think um, we all remember that one. But she was in lots of uh, French uh, films and TV series. Yeah. And not really much her, in, the, in the West. Yeah, her IMDb is just French, 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 French. Yeah. Life Force, uh, French, French, French. She didn't speak any English for this. She, she didn't. learned it all phonetically. She was also in Naked Tango and The Tit and the Moon. All right. Well, for the... she was fully dressed in bulk. <laughs> Ironically. Uh, um, and then the vampires are played by Chris Jagger. Is that, is that Mick's Younger son? brother. Of, oh, his younger brother. Okay. Uh, he'd been in uh, Lucifer Rising, the Kenneth Anger film. So, so genetic roll of the dice there, right? Mm. I mean, Mick's kind of funny looking, and the brother is not so funny looking. Yeah, and then uh, this, the other vampire is Bill Mallon, who uh, he's a stunt man who was he played like Cybermen on Doctor Who and things. Okay, but uh, yeah, and uh, Toby Hooper wanted to get Billy Idol to play one of the vampires, uh-huh. and he directed um, Dancing with Myself. Oh, did he? And uh, so he knew Billy Idol from that, but they couldn't get hold of him. It would be so distracting to have him be like a dude you recognize. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's this beautiful actress we've never seen. And this other guy who we've never seen. And Billy Idol. (laughs) (laughs) It's just distracting when they do that. Except when it's David Bowie, in which case it's fucking okay. Yeah. Every time. Mm. He could play Jareth. He could play that dude on Twin Peaks. Doesn't matter. It's Bowie. Mm. He can do what he wants. But not... Billy Idol. I don't know. I think the English poet William Idol could play any role you give him. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> he did a great job on The Wedding Singer. Um, yeah, the, they, uh, they do that, that little title card that says 30 Days Later. Yeah. So this was a fairly subdued movie. Let's yeah. say. Yeah. Probably one of Toby Hooper's most restrained. <laughs> I would say so. You know, um... It doesn't just become nuts at well, some point. I mean, it starts out strong, weird, right? right. You know, but then it doesn't become crazy. Lots of very matter-of-fact nudity from this actress. I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, let's just say this: as as humans go, she's a better-looking one, and doesn't have any distracting tan lines, which could be a problem. Like whenever you see a movie from this era, it's like. Oh yeah, I don't think she rose from the grave, this vampiress in this movie, um, because she's got bikini tan lines. <laughs> so you notice that stuff. You can't not notice it. And here she is, no tan lines, walking around, wearing nothing. I was more thinking of the vampires that would come back to life after two hours and then turn to dust. Yeah. And they were shriveled and yeah, disturbing. Yeah. And like big puppets. And uh, Patrick Stewart's blood fell out of his head. That happened too. <laughs> you know, the nudity by that point was just... Well, that's what I'm saying is when they start to take that away from you in the movie, when she does the bare butt strut off into the fog, uh, you know, we've had exploding windows and she and she just kind mm-hmm. of takes off to the moors because uh, they are in England. Yes. And, uh, and then 
okay, well, what are we going to do? She's gone. Uh, well, let's start blowing things up. <laughs> let's shrivel some people up. Let's do some lightning sucking out of people. It does follow its own logic. It doesn't just get run around all over the place. Sure. There is a plot. There is a plot. There is a plot, yeah. Yes, there is a plot. You can follow what they're up to. It's a super crazy plot. It is crazy, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's... Uh, and yes, yeah, so they go off to... Uh, they're tracking her, and they realize that this force, this vampiric force, can jump bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's now in the body of another woman, and she gets the jump. She ends up in the... Uh, someone who's in an asylum, so they go there. Yeah, and then the the asylum being astronaut run by Patrick shows Stewart. Up back up, though. Yeah, get the, that at some astro- point, one of the astronauts who had escaped gets back, and he has a psychic connection to the. Yeah, so he's lady. played by Steve Railsback. Yeah, right. You remember from Hell or Skelter and yeah, uh, yeah, Commander Tom Coulson, and he's partnered with um, Colonel Colin Kane. Yes, all C's. Uh, played by Peter Firth. Some earlier work. Yes, uh, and then uh, Frank Finlay plays uh, Dr. Hans Falada. Hmm. It's hmm. a funny name. Yes. Uh, I don't know what it means. I mean, there's a, there's a Catalan word for failure. Uh, Fiada. But um, anyway, yeah, he's, he's the kind of the closest you get to the Professor Quatermass character. Mm, okay. And uh, Patrick Stewart is Dr. Armstrong. Yeah. Yes. I forgot something about the, um, the back at the, uh, the Space Research Centre. Um, you know, they've got the room full of the stuffy guys talking about what's going on here. And, uh, and then uh, that's when the nude vampire woman starts sucking souls and, you know, killing people. Uh, I made a note here that said, these weak, helpless military intel guys. I would have just died the same way, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> she's, I, I really like her. She's one of the, my favorite screen vampires because she's like a, she's like beautiful, but like a unusual yeah. features. And, and, uh, and even though she's like complete, you know, you, she's like this completely vulnerable situation. She's the most dangerous person in the room. Yeah. Whenever you see her, like she's, she's in surrounded control. by security guards, but you never feel that she's in any that they're the ones in. She, they're the, always the ones in danger. Right. Uh, yeah. She. There's you know, something about her poise. You know. Yeah. She carries herself perfectly in this yeah. thing. Uh, and the and the famous line: "A naked girl's not going to get out of this <laughs> complex." <laughs> and of course, uh, the Mancini score wells up, and I right. said, "Check out these bassoons." <laughs> <laughs> so there i'm done okay there, that's all i got Did you like the security guard offering her a cookie yes <laughs> no. a biscuit here you go dear oh, i did have Core. another i no. did have another note though when the male vampires get out my note is you know naked dudes just not the same <laughs> <laughs> even with the bulletproof capabilities and i don't know man it's just sort of well, they weren't really bulletproof so much as they didn't care. They were bullet nonchalant. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool, though. That Those effects looked good. They did look good. Yeah. I mean, not everything in the special effects was perfect. Some of it looked like a rubber puppet. Yeah. But those dudes looked like the they were really getting shot. Did, yeah. So nice job, Mick Jagger's brother. 
and other guy. They really shot him for this movie. Okay, we need you, Jagger's brother and not Billy Idol. Get over here. We're going to do the shooting stuff. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, and then blah, 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 a bunch of flashbacks. So this is where uh, Commander Cody or whatever his name is is like, uh, oh, and then this happened, and I felt like everything was cool, so I went with it. And he, So-and-so broke the radio. Right. It's like, Later, he's like, I broke the radio. Yeah. <laughs> it was me. Yeah, the radio. Yeah. It was me. And then uh, they were using remote viewing, which I thought was pretty cool. That's how they identified the girl, you know, getting getting a ride in the dude's car. Yeah. The body jumped mm-hmm. girl. Yeah. Yeah. So that's some like real military intel stuff. Remote viewing. Remote viewing. Mm. Do you believe in it, either of you? Nah. No. No. Because it's magic? Because yeah. it's magic? I don't believe in it because it's bullshit. <laughs> oh, okay. That's probably the chief reason I don't believe in it. Because I think magic can be a thing, but bullshit... Bullshit, yeah, is harder to get over than just magic. Eh, it's magic, okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So then the movie does get crazy, this is true. A little bit, a little bit, a little crazy. Yeah, we got... London suffers a bit. Some fireballs and some streams of souls getting sucked up into a ship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do they want? These, these vampires <laughs> they want to be understood Acceptance. right yeah I watched this with Emily this week and she said it was not terrible okay and she said uh, I think uh, Ebert z- and uh, Roper said that zombie apocalypse is a terrible way of uh, surviving if the if your plan is to set off a zombie apocalypse yeah in order to suck up energy from the populace and then move on yeah, it just—it's not a very efficient way of doing things. No, I, I would tend to agree. Yeah, I'd stick with plankton. Plankton, uh, harvesting plankton from the ocean. <laughs> but uh, yeah, something that doesn't destroy your own food source. Oh, well, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and they say in the film that like every like hundred years or so they they visit. Yeah, and kind of harvest. So in this case, they harvest a whole city and then they uh, then they set off again. Back to Haley's Comet. You know, if they were smart, what they would do would be harvest a bunch of smaller cities where, you know, they could quickly discredit them. Oh, it's a bunch of crazy hillbillies. You know, just kind of go through the south and hit a few medium-sized cities. Yeah. That's probably what they had done before. Yeah. And then they hit London and they just got greedy. Yeah. Came all about, became all about the killing. (laughs) Yeah. The kills. We love the kills. Uh, I, I I watched uh, some documentaries on the the discs. The yeah, and, the making uh, of. Yes, they showed like the whole miniature London set. Oh, I thought, well, that's pretty extensive. Yeah. But then uh, I I did some more reading into it, and um, uh, what they did they they built they had the buildings that they were going to blow up, and they took them to this miniature city place in Dorset called Tuctonia. Oh, okay. Which had been opened in 1976, and uh, so it's like a you know it's, it's a large thing that you can ride a mini train around. Oh, oh cool! But they then they pl- they put their exploded their stunt buildings in amongst it and, oh. and blew those up. So lo- lo- what you're seeing is this like tourist attraction in Dorset, uh, which closed uh, shortly after this movie. Oh, because they yeah. damaged it so badly with their yeah. exploding buildings. But the the year it opened. 
Uh, Tuctonia was also used as the miniature London for a movie called Queen Kong. Queen uh, Kong. Have you seen that one? No. I, I heard it sucked. It does. It sucks really badly. It's like a, uh, what's his name? Asquith. Uh, the the guy who plays the lead in the Confessions series, which is this kind of um, bawdy comedy series in the mid seventies in Britain. Hmm. Oh. You can imagine. Yeah. Yes. Confessions are a window cleaner and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Uh, so this is basically that that same sort of you know sensibility, but a takeoff on the. Uh, the De Laurentiis King Kong. Oh, okay. So yes, Queen Kong. And if you want to see it, I can lend it to you. All right. It's well, bad. Which brings to mind the question: Why do you own this, Queen Kong? Yeah. Oh, I've got to get all the all the Kong appearances I can. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. You're a completist or completionist, however. Yeah, when it comes to it. Kong, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've I've got some uh, like Indian ones, which are pretty fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Bollywood themes going on? Do yeah, they, there's, does Kong do any dancing? One of them's Bollywood. Uh, there's a Bangladeshi one. It was a, it was a really good... Oh, what's that called? Uh, I forget the name now, but it, it's like an adventure story, and they, they there's this whole, whole plot, and then like, uh, quite way into the movie, you, uh, King Kong turns up. But uh, yeah, it was quite entertaining. I forget what the name of it is. There. Anyway... Um, yeah, so same miniature London as Queen Kong. Oh, good. <laughs> so, there, there, so there was at least one good aspect to Queen Kong. <laughs> they used a nice-looking miniature London. Yeah, some, there's some good people in the cast. but Sure. Good people in a terrible movie. <laughs> Happens all the time. So um, this this movie had a budget of $25 million. Yep. It brought in, domestically at least, we know, $11.5 ish so made back half almost mm-hmm. not even quite half yeah, here this, maybe this is why canon didn't do big budget films much more because like, after this toby hooper did uh invaders from mars yeah i don't think that did well either probably no. not probably not and then didn't you do uh texas chainsaw 2 yep for them as well he did was that, um was that after I yeah, that, that was, was eighty six. Yeah, so, that was yeah. right after, after this. this. Right, that, it was probably that, already in the works. That wasn't a big hit. No, <clears throat> no, people didn't like that one. Although I think I like that one. Oh yeah, it's a broken. lot. So. Yeah, <laughs> you were almost going to say better than the original. <laughs> I had to rethink that, but it does have uh, uh, does have Dennis Hopper with two chainsaws, and he knocks open that wall full of guts. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, no, I do like it better it's than got, the original. It's got Chop Top in it. Yeah, Chop Top, love it. Good <laughs> Yep. Yeah, there's. Oh, it's so sleazy. There's so much wrong with that movie. It's just great. Uh, Comet has Motel Hell <clears throat> on right now. I've been oh, hoping to catch that's on it. TCM. Is it this month? Yeah. Oh, like nice. September. Motel Hell. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get Comet to work on your TV? Did you ever get no. It tuned in? No. Oh. Need an antenna. Mm. Digital antennas. They're pretty cheap. Yeah, you can't you can't just stick some wire in your television like like you used to be able to do. Yeah, get one probably twenty bucks. So the finale of this movie, we blow up some uh, some mini London, and, uh, and they also built a full scale section of London right. where they're blowing up the double decker bus. And That's right. Things like ah. that. because yeah, that would that totally looked just you know bigger scale. Yeah. Um, were you happy with the ending? Yeah, it, it kind of like it drops. You know, yeah, 
it just suddenly kind of ends. Yes. And uh, you're kind of like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> Did you feel like they were angling for possible sequels? Like 80 years later. Yeah, and it's certainly open for the next, you know, uh, next time the vampires drop by. Right. Which they're just going to keep doing until they get stopped. Hmm. Well, there's only, what, two of them now? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there there were no other vampire. I guess they'd eaten everybody else yeah, they on they the kill, kill both the men, don't they? Yeah, they yeah. kill both the men, so but he got... Steve Rose well, back and Matilda May. He stabs her, and then they go to the ship. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess they're left alive. Some weird antique lead-encrusted sword or some bullshit. Yeah. And that know. was great. That was... I've killed him by... <laughs> You're right. So, yeah, I mean, they at least ended the thing. You know, they left possibilities open for sequels, which... I don't know how they didn't make sequels on a movie that lost money. <laughs> I don't know. Um, God, what was the joke? Uh, what's the What's the last sequel a studio will make? One that loses money. I think Dana Gould said that in his recent episode. Oh, I haven't. I'm way behind at Dana Gould's. Uh, yeah. I listened to a couple this week. Yeah. So movies uh, that are sequels to other movies will keep getting made until. They don't make money and then they'll stop it. Yeah. So that, that, you know, but then when the direct to video thing came around, they knew they could make money off of that and not worry about the losses at, uh, at the actual yeah, cinema. We're living in a world with like five Scorpion King movies. Yeah. Sequels to prequels. That, what the sequels hell? Sequels to prequels. The worst looking CG is that bullshit they did of The Rock. Um, The Rock Johnson. Mm. Yeah. It, it looks I'm like not familiar. I'm familiar with Dwayne Johnson. Oh, okay. Or The Rock, yeah. but not The Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, he's uh he's the Scorpion King, but he looks like a wax mannequin. You know, like an animated wax mannequin. It's terrible. Uh so yeah, they ended this thing kind of like ta-da, it's over. This is what's happening and maybe see you again in 80 years, maybe not. Well, maybe not. Mm. So Maybe they'll remake Life Force. I, I kind of doubt it. I don't know if there's any incentive. Space vampires. Yeah. Bigger effects and less story. That, yeah. Starring Tom Cruise. Oh, wait. They did remake it. It's The Mummy. <laughs> there 2017. You go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That's true. <laughs> it's horrible. Fuck Mummy. 2017. There you have it. So, Jolian, you own the steel book of this. Yep. You, you own other versions of this. Blu-ray, you've got director's cuts. A couple DVDs, so, a VHS, yeah. Betamax. An old-timey hand crank. Yeah. Uh, I've got, I got the Viewmaster <laughs> wheels. I use some cereal boxes so I could do like a puppet show version. Oh, man. Yeah. So you have all this. Um do I really need to ask? Do you recommend this? <laughs> yep. Totally? Yep. It's good nutty fun. Yes. I, I would agree. And you definitely see some see some good sights. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that uh, that model of London. Who boy, I'll tell you what. <laughs> it's a good looking model of London they got going there. Will, how about you? Oh, yeah, I recommend it. Do you think horror fans are going to turn their nose up at this? Like, in general? Mm, 
I don't know. What are horror fans like? <laughs> Fuck, man. I don't know. I spent a whole weekend around nothing but horror fans. I feel like I know less about them than when I got there. <laughs> That's not true. Everybody loves stuff, and it's not all the same stuff. Like, some people like really weak stuff, and other people like super gory stuff. And, you know, my tastes may be a little more diverse than that. I like I like lots of stuff. Yeah. This, this I definitely would recommend to anybody who who digs the crazy eighties movies that, yeah. uh, that try to go as far as they can possibly go and, um, and show you some sights along the way. Uh, they sure tried. I mean, if any of the special effects didn't land, it wasn't for lack of trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll say that Johnny Dykstra, he made fucking star Wars. I mean, if, if that's not good enough, then well, who are you going to get? Mm-hmm. You know, who, who else is going to make this better? At the time, anyway. So whatever the limits were, they weren't because of the people in, involved. It was because of the state of the art at the time. So I can say they did the best they could do, and it looked really good most in most places in the movie. Uh, I liked it. Yeah. Either of you read the book? Did you read yeah. the book? Yeah. Oh. Never have, no. How is, is it? Any good? Uh, I, it's been so long. Years, yeah, but, but yeah there's, there's a lot more to it. I would think so. So, and then he's unrestricted by budget. So yeah. Well, there we have it. Um, have either of you thought about any other movies uh, that we could talk about going forward? Um, I'm probably going to see uh, Searching this weekend. Searching. I'm not familiar with it. Uh, I don't know if it's a horror movie. It's like a thriller where he's he's uh, this fellow played by John Cho has lost his daughter, and he's trying to track her down, but it's all shot through his, his what you see on his computer screen hmm. and uh, it's like a lot more kid a lot more complicated than her being kidnapped hmm. there's, 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 um, so uh, yeah we're, we're gonna see that probably oh, okay. someday that sounds good uh, yeah and Hopefully Mandy will come out soon. Yes, and, uh, Mandy. I'm waiting for Mandy. We've got Suspiria and Halloween coming up. Yeah, just yeah. in time for Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I asked... Uh, Eugenia went and watched uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. And I asked her to keep an eye open for Mandy, but... She saw no hide, nor hide nor hair of Mandy. No, no, no. Well, the release news of anything. I think the release date's a couple weeks out still. Is it? Yeah, I think it's the second week of September. Okay. Um, we'll keep an eye out for that because we'll totally do that one. Right. Uh, in the meantime, I'm sure we'll think of something great for next week. Yeah. But uh, I do have a celebrity interview, um, kind of green lighted, and. we're not going to be able to do it soon, but we will get it. Okay. Uh, so there we have that. Um, and I think that's all I got. Okay. Uh, there's more to talk about from the con, but maybe I'll throw a couple more stories out next week. Uh, what should we call it a show right there? Let's call it a show. All right, listeners. Thank you for listening. Stay yeah. off the moors. <laughs>